business of being a business is not simple, not easy. Often companies need professional, legal, real estate, recruitment, or educational services to help them do what they do. This podcast is for and about those businesses who deliver those services. My name is Sarah Paul, and this is Blazing Business Trails. And my name is Kulvinder Hari. Together, along with industry experts, analysts, and people from these business services sectors, we'll be looking at key challenges and trends for those within professional, legal, real estate, recruitment, or educational services, and more. We'll be talking about what the future holds for this sector, and how can it adapt? In today's episode, we'll be looking at the challenges these businesses face today and what effect the global pandemic has had on them. We'll explore the changes they've made, the speed at which they've adapted and the solutions they've found, as well as ask about overcoming the siloed structures, retaining talent and how they can embrace new technologies to become cutting edge businesses. Joining us today to explore all of this is Vincent Perrin, Regional Vice President of Business Services for UK and Ireland from Salesforce. Welcome, Vinny. Hey, Sarah. Yeah, thanks for thanks for inviting me. I've not done this before, so looking forward to it. So business services will be suffering uh, through lockdown, as we all know. And with the economy taking a hit, how can business services be enabled to move forward? Oh, good question to start with. Um, let's see. I, I think, I think it, it's not rocket science to figure out that every sector it's been hit hard, obviously, um, through the recent events. I think what's unique about business services is it is it's almost a subsector of lots of other industries in one. Because whether it's recruitment or consulting or commercial real estate, we put that all within business services or services that, that are provided to a business. But they've all been hit in different ways. Can you give a couple of examples? I think you, you'll, you'll assume I'll be biased because I work for a tech company. Um, but I think... What, what I would say is I think all businesses, if they're going to be successful, and this is just through my own experience and engagement with a number of different boards, is that they need to be able to pivot to what will help them be successful or make the best of the bad situation now, but also gear them up to be successful when we come out of it. So you, you, you've got two options. That's the way I see it. I think you either use it as an opportunity to transform now to address the new world. So whether that be, you know, in commercial real estate, virtual viewings of buildings so people can see those now residential real estate is the same whether it's recruitment video profiles or video cvs you either start to adapt and embrace that technology to address the new world or you invest and you prioritize what is going to be important to you so you're ready to come out of that that might be more applicable to to some of the supporting business services in hospitality yeah so you say new world what would you class as the new world right now well, I think to be fair, I, the other day I was was moaning about people saying the new norm as the phrase that I hate. But uh, I'd say the the new world. I get it. Is is I, I use it to kind of it, it's kind of the baseline for what I think is the new. We call it new world. I'd say the new expectation. Okay, it's probably some a would phrase. say digital world as well, wouldn't they? So yeah, yeah, yeah. digital transformation, making faster decisions potentially. Absolutely, absolutely. I think I think in 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 this new world of expectation, just because we're in a global pandemic or businesses have to handle a whole range of a myriad of different problems, the customer or client still expects a certain experience, and now that has happened to have shifted to be more digital. So 
in the new normal, in this new world, you, you need to be moving to digital. I think I've seen the, the companies that are embracing this as an opportunity really have changed their actual experience for their customers. And it's been seamless. You know, it's been seamless. To, to, and, and some of that has been through Salesforce. I've been fortunate to see some companies just do that quite quickly and, and use tech as the catalyst to be ready um, for their customer experience um, and be more data-driven companies. It depends on the industry within business services, really. So a couple of questions for you here. One is, what's your experience of managing a team now that you can't see them physically? And how are your customers also pivoting to managing that problem where they're, they're not seeing their employees? You know, What kind of feedback are you getting, A, from your people? And secondly, what are customers saying about their engagement model with, customer, uh, with their employees? So we tried a number of different ways to engage with our customers, to engage with our employees, to track their well-being, to track the fact that, you know, productivity was actually last it was it was all about making sure that we knew and we made some mistakes where we probably um let people do back-to-back meetings and do long days but i think what we learned was that because we we tried a lot of things and kept changing we evolved to a point where we were quite comfortable with being able to see what we wanted to see and what we noticed was what we could view was productivity what was the sphere of influence we could see and it meant that we changed the way, even though we have the world's number one CRM and number one platform as a service, we changed what we were doing in our own technology to be able to track productivity better, what works, what doesn't work, and how we can work in the new world. How does that, yeah, how do you, how do you convert that into, into a real customer conversation at sea level? I was in. I was in with the CEO of one of the UK, one of the UK's largest recruitment businesses uh, last week. We sh- talked about how he could track what people were doing easily, easy to use, like buying a book of Amazon, the Salesforce mantra. It's as easy to use as that, and therefore you'll be able to see what your teams are doing. But then you need the analytics that you can use to get get all that data, put it together, and you know. My biggest bugbear is people talking about data-driven company, but how? what do you do with the data? And I think that's what's happened. I said, once you are getting people to use your CRM, you will get the data points that you can then visualize and make better business decisions. You can see what is productive, who isn't being productive, what productive means to you as a business, and that, that will lead to you making better decisions. Now, you've been able to do that for a year and a half, but now you need to do it. Vinny, you're looking at everything, I think you're talking more to, to the business and I think Cully, your team are, are potentially talking more to the technical side. I mean, have you, Cully, uh, as well, seen any challenges um, within the customers that you're talking to as well? I mean, challenges I, I see as opportunities, yep. but the conversation has moved forward to a value conversation as opposed to a functional conversation that, what, that was there pre-COVID. Uh, and really, you know, we're having back-to-work conversations with customers. You know, how can we use the technology to do track and trace and scheduling and those sorts of topics are very much top of mind. And and Vinny, I guess that's absolutely clear top of mind conversation for facilities management companies who are looking to open up those offices, as we were only, what, three weeks ago? How important, Vinny, is uh, customer centricity to your customers right now? It's always been important, but it's never been more important than it is now. And I think what businesses are doing are they starting to to move it on their roadmaps of what used to be was always said as being important but was always after what was critically important they're starting they're making the investments and then they're investing the time to say okay 
how do we put the client at the center of what we do now? Um, in, especially as, you know, what the client's expectations are, are changing in a new, in this digital world. What do they expect of us now? I mean, a, a good example of that, um, would be, you know, the legal industry. Yeah. I think the legal industry is great, a great one to start with because I think for, for I was going to say decades, but for, 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 for longer than anyone would probably care to remember legal firm, legal firms haven't had to worry that much about their customer experience because when you need a lawyer, you need a lawyer. And if you've used a lawyer, you tend to go back to the same lawyer or law firm. Um, and relationships at the very top do twenty uh, percent of their customers do eighty percent of their business. Um, and it's been a very successful, lucrative industry for for many a year. Uh, however, now it's a much more competitive marketplace. It's an industry that hasn't been disrupted yet. But if you look at financial services, or if you look at even consulting, or or even retail, they've had to disrupt themselves because of the startups that have come up and they're more agile. They give a different customer experience. They put the customer, to your early point, back at the heart of everything that they do. And if these larger businesses or the more established, well, law firms don't change, they're going, they're going to be, you know, they're being cannibalized by these, these startups. And it's, the marketplace has changed. Uh, and I think that um, whereas before the likes of IT and marketing were, were second to the relationship, now they're embracing these leading edge technologies to really look at how can we transform our client experience, but also our own, our fee earner or our, our, our lawyer's experience. And I think that's probably an issue with this sector is that there's lots of data in lots of different places, but until they start to break those silos down and identify the data that's important to them, they're really not going to be able to transform and move forward. There is so much data, so much data from, from, from all of our customers. And they might be using between 10 and 20% of it to make better decisions. And they might be getting that output on what could be effective for them, whether it be sales, marketing, service, all of this data is giving insight. But then if you don't give that to the people that will make a tangible difference, um, you know, on the front line, for the lack of a better phrase, um, it, it, yeah, again, it's nice but it won't move the needle in any way. And I think that's what I'm seeing. A big shift in business services is, you know, consulting partners going in and showing what they've done with the data that they've gathered from a customer to say, this is what you should or should not be doing. Consulting customers are doing that with us. Some Now some of the com customers are coming to us directly saying, well, we want to know a little bit more how we do that ourselves. And that's a knock-on effect. So it's almost like a perfect loop. We need the consulting partners to be better at it. And they are, and they're embracing it, which is great. Um, and then it's a journey for, for our customers as well to be better at it themselves. How can we help customers, let's take recruitment companies or any, any customer in our sector, find the best talent? How can we give them that capability to unlock kind of credit um, candidate profiling and, and identifying the next the next person? Well, I think I think it it depends upon obviously recruitment businesses as a whole. What's in recruitment before it it, it it varies on the level of role, whether you're you know blue or white collar in regards to the the amount of the type of recruitment you're doing. There used to be a numbers game that those days I think are are, are changing more and more. That the more um, candidates that you had on your on your database, the easier it was, and you'd throw a lot of CVs at at your end client saying, look, you've got a role, here are 50 CVs, pick one. Those days are dying, we all know that. I think what's happening now is you need to attract better candidates um, and to attract better candidates needs a different approach, whether that be through the advertising that you do, new players like Indeed changing 
um, changing what they're what they're doing. But I think I think how how we could help recruitment consultants is it's 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 quite a labor intensive role. What Salesforce really does is it can help automate all of those like those mundane um, repetitive jobs that recruitment consultants have done for I'd say decades. You know um, that Salesforce as a technology through us and our ISV platform um, can actually help automate so much of their day-to-day job and it frees up their time to the old adage especially within business services that if we automate a number of these um these aspects of their role it frees up their time to be able to spend it on what really does move the noodle spend more time finding the better candidates find spend more time speaking to the high value candidates that you placed six months ago that you you could call up i mean there's a whole range of best practice for for recruitment that the most successful recruitment consultants can do because they find the time to do it, but they still run out of the time to do the, the, the basics right. And I think that's where Salesforce can really help. And I suppose, does that, does that make sense, Kelly? Yeah, it does. Yeah, absolutely makes sense. I think, you know, throw into that mix, um, Vinny, we've got to look at diversity and equality as well as skills and competencies and all the rest of it. It's it, Recruiting today is, is, is a difficult task. It's a it's a mammoth task. It takes up lots of time. So anything we can do to move some of that processing into technology is, is a good thing for, for our customers. Um, we talked a little bit, well, you talked a little bit earlier, Vinny, about um, the emergence of certain new organizations, the fintechs in financials, for example, right? Mm. So what do you see? How do you, who's going to disrupt this business services market? Are we going to see consolidation in the sector? And are we going to see somebody that is completely new come in and really transform for example let's say legal or construction or fm i mean what what are you sensing what are your customers saying to you because there's got to be somebody out there that's going to shake this up and really you know pull it pull it from the you know from the 90s up into the into the 20th century I, I think it, it, it's a risk for any business. Any business that doesn't have this on their list of concerns um, is kidding themselves. It doesn't matter. Where, even even in FinServ, I think someone could still disrupt that. In business services, it depends upon the service that you're providing to a business. But absolutely, there is um, every single, because, not just because of the pandemic. I th- I'd say every every industry has been worried about being, um, it was a very popular phrase at one point, but the Uberized which became a phrase that everyone hated, but because everyone said it so much, but being disrupted by an upstart technology, it's always a risk to anyone. Financial services have embraced that and all the fintechs are coming up, but the, the big players take it into account. In business services, it, it's already started in certain industries, whether that be innovative technology and facilities management or in real estate, the video technology to, to do property viewings or, or um, is, is already there, but that's the type of technology we see coming up. Consolidation in the market is an interesting one because it is business services is unique. It's not it, it's it's encompassing a number of different um, uh, services to a business, and I'd say legal. If we that was the one that you mentioned, legal is a good example. I think legal has some leading edge technologies that f- fix parts of the process, but I think the, the what Salesforce is is going to heavily invest um, in 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 the legal industry and helping our both our, our solution offering to to do one thing, and that is look at the the end goal. And I think that's what disrupts the market. What What is the end vision? It's a good good story I was told the other day about Black & Decker. I won't go into it, but, you know, they bring their execs on a, on, a, on, a, on a training course when they first start and tell them, you know, they show them a picture of a, a drill 
and then they um, say, is this what we sell? They'll say yes. And then they show them a picture of a hole. Um, and then they say, no, that's what we sell. That's what our customers want. I mean, that's an example. But I think that's what leg- the legal industry needs to start looking at. And I think it is. It is looking at, right, we we think it is the process of, I know, let's take conveyancing. It is the, it is, we're, we are selling them um, the process to get to their house. It's, they don't even want to really engage. They want that to be as seamless and as fast as possible. And they don't really want to speak to anyone. We, I don't want to speak to anyone. Last time you bought a house, did you want to speak to anyone? I, I, I wanted to get there. The conveyancing was an annoyance. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The more you speak, yeah. it definitely means that there's a problem with the, uh, the whole process. But I mean, that's an interesting one you bring up because right now I'm hearing it's taking three to six months for people to complete on houses. And that's in the pandemic world, right? So there's an industry, if you can see one, that really needs a shake-up. Why is conveyancing taking so long? Why can't that be seven days, like going in and buying, opening a bank account? It has to change, doesn't it? It has to change, and, and, and it has. I, I would I'll just add that I, th- I know that it, conveyancing, because it's easier to, to, to visualise, has. So there's a lot more of this. The, it's a really good example, actually, because there, there are um, – people using even Salesforce community, um, our experience cloud, but actually engaging and, and running this, it's, the auto, it's back to automation. All the stuff that you you, did, you used to need an email to answer the email, to then have a follow-up email, to then fill out a form, to print it, sign it, send it back, and then you get another email. That's all gone in conveyancing. And, and I think the legal, there are a lot of legal processes that are still paper-driven and there is no alternative. And what Salesforce is doing is looking at it and saying, right, we can help you get better insight into your business, so all that data, but we can also help automate a whole range of things. You talked about automation and um, we've got our next session will be on the future um, as well. And is, is automation to stay? Are we going to see more and more of that going forwards? Yes. <laughs> bold, Anything bold else? Statement. Yes, no, I, I think I think you're going to see automation because it, it, it makes no sense. Back to my uh, one of the earlier points that we made, it makes no sense if there is a task that is repetitive and done consistently or carried out consistently. Um, if you can automate that, it makes no sense not to. And I think so. That is here to stay. I think the one twinge I would say is a lot of people and and there's a lot of conversations, but I read a lot of articles about the concern of how much automation and AI would mean that we don't need people to do those jobs. And I have the absolute opposite view. Automation and AI will make and will let's free up the time for all the people to do the things that are more valuable to a business and make us more productive. It will help us and it will and the technology that Salesforce has already is helping our customers embrace AI and automation and make good use of it. Um, and they're increasing their teams. They're they're growing. They're not doing the opposite which is what you what a lot of people associate with AI. Do you see how can some of these business services companies collaborate better with other industries to really transform their business? I think we're seeing it in parts. I think when when the, the commercial real estate firms some of the the, the largest in the world um, have moved on to Salesforce um, and when they first came to us it was all quite they were you know, they had a little black book mentality of we do things our way we don't want to share any information or knowledge more and more those commercial real estate firms were coming to me saying what are the construction companies doing with you how how are they running their you know finding the land building it and then they came and said look i'm really interested if you're doing anything in facilities management and how you service the building even though that's not our 
our base business. It'd be really interested to know how that works. And then they're coming to the events where they're seeing how Mighty do it or one of our facilities management customers use Salesforce um, in either their tenders or what they're doing um, in servicing their buildings. So we're seeing that in in, in the sub-verticals. Consulting is great at it, really looking at what people are doing in other industries and, and working together. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we're definitely going to see more of it. And I think it's driven by the demands of customers and the and, and the right to win business. Vinny, it's been, it's been awesome talking to you. Yeah, great having you on the podcast. And uh, we'd love to have you back one day. Oh, it'd be a pleasure, Sarah. Look, I, I really enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward. Hopefully, if you have me back, I'll be back. <laughs> Thank you. Join us next week to explore the issues and challenges that affect those working in business services. From professional, legal and real estate services to recruitment and educational services, we'll discover how we can find solutions to their problems. I'm Corvin Dahari. And I'm Sarah Paul. This is Blazing Business Trails. A business services podcast brought to you by Salesforce.